Hey, I'm Josiah Rushing. And I'm Nia Powers, and this is the Warrior Media Podcast. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> We have Allie Hetty, or better known by her pseudonym Grace Edgewood, here to talk about her new book, Cole Magnus. Allie, we're so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so um, let's get right into it. What got you into um, writing? I've always been a writer, as long as I can remember. Um, When I was a kid, I used to write alternative endings to my favorite books or favorite movies, and from there I just kind of rolled into doing whatever I wanted to do, different ideas that I had and writing stories that I thought people wanted to hear and stories I thought I might need as a kid. Right. Fancy. What were some of your, like, because I've I've always, like, I've known you for a long time, Mm Allie. We've gone to church together for years and years and years. Ever since I've moved here, I've known you. Um, And I've always known you. You've always been a reader, always. Mm -hmm. And so was it that, like, when you were young, were you, like, was it like your kids, your like friends were reading like Junie B. Jones and you were reading like Gone with the Wind? Like was it like were you like always <laughs> well, really advanced? I was really dyslexic as a kid. Okay. And so I'm still I still write letters backwards and it still takes me a mm-hmm. second. So I wasn't always the fastest reader. I had reading RTI for a while. But once I found that I could concentrate and I was good at reading, I w- it was something that I was good at that not everybody else was good at. Right. So I remember in fifth grade, we had a list of books, and the class that read the most books and got their tower tallest won a prize or something, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I was everybody's favorite. <laughs> friend I was reading all these books, and it was based on the number of pages. So everybody else was reading, like, Jenny B. Jones or Nancy Drew, and I was reading Harry Potter, and it was, like, yeah, this big. Yeah, they're page so books, yeah. Everybody was like, yes, Allie's in our class. Right, we're yeah, so we're excited. Points and bumped I, up. Yes. And I always remember that. We were at, like, church camp and everything, and she had these, like, huge books, and I was like, good Lord, I could never. I was like, I can't, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so who, what, was there, like, a certain event or, like, a person that inspired you to write? Like, what, when, when did you... When did that become official for you? Well, um, I've always loved the music of Andrew Peterson. Okay. Um, I've seen you at a couple of his concerts, yeah. so I know you're familiar, uh-huh. familiar <laughs> with My it. My parents are big Andrew Peterson <laughs> yes, fans. Yes, I love Andrew Peterson. And in 2019, he published this book called Adorning the Dark. We have it. My brother has read it. <laughs> oh, I read it at least five times a year. I okay. love it so much. And it's basically just the idea that as Christians, God has already uh, equipped us to adorn the darkness of a broken world with his light. And so there's a quote in there by Andrew Peterson that says that as we, as writers or artists or painters or anything, we, whenever we make something beautiful, it's only because we ourselves are a flourish on a bigger canvas because God is the artist and we're just kind of right. there to pass stuff along. And so I read that book in 2019 and then again like a thousand times later. And then I started this book in 2020. And so by that point, I had read the book like three times. And so it was already ingrained in my memory. And I was like, I'm going to put this to the test. There you go. God, if you can take a story about magic and a brother and sister and like use it for whatever you want, go for it. Right. Okay. That's awesome. And that's crazy that you've like stuck with it for Mm -hmm. like this long. And you've like. Writing a book is a lot of work. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like Like, when we've wrote narrative essays for like like, (laughs) Crockett's class and stuff, I'm like, I've wrote like one page. I'm like, I'm worn out. That's enough for me. Yeah, I just I could never imagine doing something like that. And yeah. you've like you've wrote it's a dedication series, for sure. haven't you? Yeah, and it's not it's not just this one book. And I mean, this one's pretty thick in itself. And yes. you have two more. This is book one of five. Book, book one. Wow. So have you already <laughs> written all five? I wrote all five of them within a span of three months in quarantine. Wow. And so since Same. then, I've just been editing them and getting them ready to be published and adding to them and fixing typos and doing all that. So I am ha- over halfway done with book four doing that. That's How awesome. do you like? officially get a book published like well 
most people have an agent or a publishing company or yeah. something that they they don't do everything. They write the book and then they give it to somebody else and mm -hmm. they do the editing. They have a say in it. I did not have that option mm -hmm. because when I wrote it, I was a 15-year-old kid, and so nobody wanted to take a chance on a 15-year-old first book from this tiny town of Sparta. Nobody had ever heard of her. But you never know. After reading this That's first book, right. if we got any publishers out there, Cole Magnus is up <laughs> up for grabs out That's here. Right. So I queried a ton of agents and a ton of publishing companies, and every single time I got no, 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 mm -hmm. no, no, no. And so my mom was like, hey, I've heard about this thing called Kindle Direct Publishing. And I was like, yeah, self-publishing, but that's just for, like, nobodies who can't get a publishing yeah. contract. Like, I can get a publishing contract. I couldn't get a publishing <laughs> contract. So I self-published it. And so then I was like, well, I don't have an agent to do my editing. Yeah. I don't have a cover artist. So I'm going to have to find people to do this or do it myself. And so I did most of it myself. I did the uh, copy edits myself. But mm -hmm. then I needed somebody to read it and make sure that it flowed nice. Because as, as the writer, yeah. I knew exactly it. what I yeah. wanted it to sound like. But I didn't know if that's how it was coming across. So I got Stephanie Noctiborn, uh, my counselor yeah. here, to do it. because she She's is, great. Shout yes. out to Miss Noctiborn. She was girl. an English teacher. <laughs> And so she read it, and she gave me some great edits. Mm -hmm. And so I went through and did all that and put her edits in there. And then I needed a cover artist. I had no idea where to even find a cover artist. Mm -hmm. I was on different websites looking and stuff, and every single person that I queried was either like, no, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I don't really like this project. Or you're 15. Yeah, like, Nobody's right. going to see this. And then people just wouldn't email me back. And so I ended up doing it myself on an iPad that we had on Procreate. And well, it looks great. Yeah, that's all. For like, like it looks five hours, cool. I just sat there and was like, okay, I'm going to scrap this idea, but I'm going to try this one instead. And I'm, I'm happy with the way it came mm -hmm. out. That's no, I awesome. think it's awesome. I'd love to know. So you had kind of talked about um, how the pandemic has affected your writing. Mm -hmm. And because, I mean, no other time are you given a time where you have a three-month span yeah. where you have nothing and like going 20, on. And like 24-7, like every day. Right. Like, so tell us about how um, the pandemic and COVID, how you, I, I'm sure you kind of see it as a blessing now that it's gone through and you see how um, like God has worked through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the time, you know, it was kind of scary. I was like, oh, my goodness. I really liked this semester. I had Mr. Mm -hmm. Brown for my um, government class, and I had Mr. Crockett. And, like, I love all these teachers, and now I don't get to see them anymore. It was really sad at first. But then I got home, and, like, I would be on Zoom with Mr. Crockett, and he'd be talking about themes in Hamlet. And I was like, you know, that's kind of – that's brilliant that writers can think about, hey, I want this to be an overarching theme. Like, I want readers to be able to dig into this and see that it's not just what it is on the surface level. And so I would like, instead of taking notes on Hamlet, I would take notes on how to add these own themes into my own stories. So I was kind of paying attention, kind of not. Right. Yeah. So, online classes. I yeah. mean, everybody struggled. That's what I'm saying. Every, everybody was kind of like looking at their phone or yeah. something yeah. while I was going on on the computer. <laughs> yes, that's kind of what I did too. And so um, I remember I would sit there and I would just not have anything to do because I would be listening to Mr. Crockett, but I would also be kind of like doodling or But doing also whatever. I think it's really important to um, note here that at least you were doing something productive because yeah, me and Mia I, were probably oh. scrolling on TikTok. Yeah. So <laughs> like, you were at least yeah, doing like something. Hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, like at least you're like doing something that like, okay, this has like an end goal yeah. that's like yeah. important. <laughs> Once I started it, I felt like that. But right. for, there was like a month during quarantine that I was like, I have nothing to yeah. do. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and stare out my window. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. And so once I actually got, got started writing, I was like, okay, I kind of see like – when I write, I don't see how it begins, which is terrible. I feel like I start with how I want it to end and I work my way backwards, oh. which is, yeah, it's, I make it harder on myself than yeah. I need to be. So I knew how I wanted the series to end before I ever wrote. So Cole you Magnus. know how book five is yes. going to finish. That's yes. crazy. Well, I had this crispy. plan for this giant, like epic ending. And I was like, okay, now I just have to go back and write book one through four before I write book five. Right. So I sat down. I was like, okay, I need to come up with some good characters. I need to, you know, make them very full because I only have four characters basically. So. Yeah. 
yeah. I needed these to be very vivid characters mm-hmm. for my readers. And so it took a while, but I finally got the characters that I wanted. And I think I'm excited for the world to see how it ends. Awesome. Yeah. So what's so what's like a little like little like description of the book? Like what is it kind of about? Um, this one is book one of four, and mm-hmm. the series is set up to the first four books tell the story of the. F- four main characters Mm -hmm. and so they don't actually build on each other so you could read book two before you ever read book one or you could read book four before you ever read book three um so this one is about cole and it's about um he is an older brother to his sister lila Mm -hmm. and they go on all kinds of misadventures and it's about it has magic in it because it's for kids um (laughs) and i loved harry potter so yeah (laughs) i gotta have some kind of magic in there um and just about them kind of trying to grow up in this world where there's all kinds of like bad things coming at them and they've got to learn um, who they are and mm-hmm. like how to, how to grow as a person even when bad things are happening to you. And um, as a kid, I noticed that all kinds of books were like, oh, you know, the hero needs to just leave their family because mm-hmm. they're dead weight and like they're just holding you back and you know, you can do better things on your own. But I didn't really want that to be true. Like my mm-hmm. family's been my biggest supporter when I was trying to write these and so I wanted Cole and Lila to be, be able to bounce off each other and build up the idea of familial ties because your family doesn't necessarily hold you back. Like, they always yeah. build you up. Right. So oh, That's awesome. That's a sweet little message. So speaking of your family, um, Sparta is an amazing community. Absolutely. And I've seen the way that they've, like, surrounded around you. So tell mm-hmm. us about the reaction that you've had in the community, how that's affected you as a writer, and even just on a personal level, how that's made you feel. Yeah. Uh, when I started writing it, of course, I was like, oh, man, like, this could be published someday. Like, this could be out in the world for people to see. But in my mind, that wasn't really, like, what has actually happened. It was just it's not in my drive anymore collecting dust. Like, it's on some shelf somewhere collecting mm-hmm. dust. <laughs> um, so when I've had, like, people stop me and be like, hey, can I get your autograph? I'm like, my autographs are not worth anything. Like, <laughs> why do you want that? <laughs> um, like, I've had people stop me in church and be like, hey, I've read your book. Like, I'm so proud of you. It's so good. And I was like, yeah. Thanks. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect any of this to happen. Like in my mind, I would just stay like little Allie Hetty that nobody knows about. Like Allie's got a book out there, but you know, it's everybody's got a book out there. It's fine. It's nothing no. special. <laughs> not but everyone's got a book out there. <laughs> Me and Nia could not write a book. I'm <laughs> no, just going to no, tell no. you guys at home that won't be happening. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's no, not no, what no, happens. No. I've, like my pastor has one on his in his shelf, and Mr. Crockett has one in his desk drawer, and like I have five copies at home sitting on my bookshelf. But right. I kind of thought, I assumed that would happen. Um, and I've had kids in, like, in my youth group come up to me that I never would have been able to ordinarily make a connection with and be like, hey, like, kind of shy, like, I'm, I'm a writer too, like, do you have any advice for me? Like, how did this go for you? And so it's been a great, um, God has definitely used this to open doors for people that I would ordinarily never talk to. Absolutely. Um, it's been a great um, bridge builder, and I just love meeting new people. And That's they're like, awesome. hey, I read your book. Yeah. Like, I automatically know something about them, like, oh, this person, like, I, I know you that have they have a connection with yes, you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so let's talk about going forward. Your so graduation is what? You're what? Like three or f- like how many more days do you have till you're it's done? It's Monday, so <laughs> it's Monday. Are you sad yeah. about that? Are you sad? Um, I'm excited for the next chapter of my life. I've yeah. always loved Sparta, so I'm not really going to be leaving Sparta. But I'm going to have almost all of my friends that are moving away. So of course yeah. that's going to be really sad, and I'm going to miss them absolutely. But I'm excited for them. I'm excited because I know they would never want to stay in Sparta. So yeah. I'm excited to see them go off and do things. And I'm excited for whatever God has for me in this next chapter. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's going to be sad because the chapter is ending. But there's always a tomorrow and there's always um, the promise of something new coming and something good coming. And you so. have something now that, like, allows you to yeah. have something to look forward to. Like, you know you have your next four book releases. And, like, mm-hmm. that's super exciting. Absolutely, like, I know yeah. as a writer that is, like, it's a, there's a lot of buildup mm-hmm. that's in mm-hmm. you for sure. 
Um, so do you plan on pursuing writer as a career? Tell me about what you're thinking about post-graduation. It's really hard to make a career as a writer because you don't make a lot of money. I mm-hmm. make, I think, 36 cents for every paperback. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of hard to make money like that. So I'm going to pursue a career as a librarian so okay. I can show Aww. kids um, how fun it is to read. It's not for just decrepit old ladies. Like <laughs> You can have fun with it, too. Right. Because um, I loved reading as a kid. I knew there wasn't a lot of people who was like, oh, she reads. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, nobody reads. Yeah. Like, I want to show kids how much fun that is. And so I can be a librarian also have some downtime and I can write mm-hmm. so speaking of all these uh like how you want to inspire the generations and stuff like that if you could give one word of advice to aspiring writers and people that were where you were before the pandemic started what would it be um I would say not to give up because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of long lonely nights it's when I did most of my writing like when the house was quiet and everything was dark and I could just sit there and get whatever I thought on the paper because Abby wasn't playing volleyball in the next room or my mom wasn't working on something and my dad wasn't listening to his country music or whatever like the house was quiet <laughs> and I could just do whatever I wanted to but of course at the same time it was lonely like I would just yeah. sit there and try to come up with try to find a way to instill these emotions in my readers just through my words like have no way to um, tell them like hey this is what I want you to feel so it was it was lonely it was a long two years but it's worth it in the end seeing Mm -hmm. like i did my first elementary visit tuesday i think and so i got to they were all so excited to see me and i got to read them a little bit and i got to answer their questions and that made it all worth it because they were so excited Uh, i had one of my old teachers she was like ali I need to talk to you about the ending of this book. I'm not going to spoil it. She was real mad. She's like, Allie, I can't believe you did this to me. She's like, I cried for hours. No. I cannot. And I was like, I promise it turns out good in the end. Like, you got to just keep going. But it, that made it worth it, just seeing how excited they were and that my words had power. Like, right. I wasn't just the nobody in my basement anymore. I was actually, mm-hmm. like, making a difference. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I don't know, Nia, I don't know about you, but I know she will definitely be getting my 36 cents. <laughs> you better be loaded because that, that bank account is about to really be it's filling up. shoot All up. Right. 72 cents right here. Okay. <laughs> and, this is, and this is also very random, but if I was to be a boy whenever I was born, my boy name was going to be Magnus. And so okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was crazy because I was like, more I've never. It's more cool as a last name. I'm sorry. Uh, no. mm. okay. <laughs> Magnus Powers. Like, come on. That's kind of cool. I would say. <laughs> okay. Well, Allie, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. And we'd love to have you second book release. You yeah. let us know when that's coming out. Okay. And we'd love to have you back on to talk about it. You've been great. And we're, we're so excited for everybody to get to hear kind of your story a little bit more. So thanks for coming on. And thank you so much. And it's awesome that you're doing this. Yeah. Yes, I think it's you. really cool, too. Um, so until next time. I'm Josiah Rushing. And I'm Nia Powers. And this has been the Warrior Media Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.